Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. Anybody that's focused on domain name law can get a job. But the more focused your practice area is, the better you are. And remove things that are irrelevant from the types of positions that you're trying to get. Okay, so this is a resume workshop, and it's a workshop that we do every quarter with going over resumes that the people have submitted and trying to come up with different rules and things that typically the ones that make people get interviews the most. And prior to this workshop, I've been I've spent the past week reviewing candidates in BCG that have been getting interviews. And, and I do there's a lot of stuff that I notice consistently and a lot of these based on these rules that we'll be referring to throughout the day. I'll also send these rules to you after the webinar, and we may even add some things to it as we go on. But th there's really quite a bit to cover today. So we're going to cover the resumes that have been submitted. We'll also go over some rules that are to provide everyone and then really go into the details about what, what makes people placeable and what doesn't. And Really, the nice thing about this particular webinar and what we'll be going over and what can help you quite a bit is that I see real world results. I see people that with good resumes get interviews and with poor resumes and things that are wrong with the resume not getting interviews. And my biggest concern when I look at resumes is whether or not people can get positions inside of law firms based on what they have on their resume. And so there's certain resumes that work in law firms or certain resumes that tend to work in-house. As an overall rule, really what you want to do is you want to make sure that you're following the certain rules that I'm giving you. And I do believe that these rules apply to pretty much anyone who's trying to get a position inside of a law firm. So this first resume here, and taken off everyone's names, in most cases, we've changed the names of the employers, so you know, you're not going to know exactly who these people are. But this first resume is for someone who's in-house and also looks like has their own business. As a general rule, if you're trying to work inside of a law firm, law firms do not like to see things that are entrepreneurial in nature. So that kind of scares them or titles that aren't related to the practice of law. A lot of people start out in the practice of law and then get into other things. This person has worked at some very good firms until 2004 and then also did, it looks like a really good clerkship here and has done a lot of very good things in their legal career. But at the same time, they've taken on They've gone and done business-related things. So they became a director of funding. They became, they, for some reason, they did that. And then they decided to become a contract attorney. And then they also have this kind of combinate, this summary of qualifications at the top. So this particular resume would not get a position. It would be very difficult for this person to get a job inside of a law firm. And I'll just go through some of the reasons. The first thing is the summaries. These types of summaries, if you put these at the beginning of a resume, they tend to detract from your the, your experience. And most of the time when there's a summary written of your resume like this, what's really happening is you're, a lot of times these summaries are written by resume companies that are helping people write resumes. They do this to make you feel good about yourself. But in most cases, the summaries aren't helping you. Most good attorneys are capable of reading this sort of information and reaching conclusions from the resume. In this particular resume, I just want to tell you the way that I would read it and the way that a law firm would read it. They would read it that this person had a very good start to their legal career, that they started in, in, as a clerkship, 
after they graduated from law school and then went on to a very good law firm where they had a very good career for eight years. And then all of a sudden decided to go in-house. And then after going in-house, decided to become a contract attorney, then decided to become a corporate attorney again, and then and now has started their own business. And so this would not be a good resume for someone looking for a law firm position. And the reason is fairly simple. It's just that the person doesn't look like they want to work in a law firm. So that's really the problem. Now, another thing you can do, law firms also, it's very difficult to get a position as a permanent attorney in a law firm when you write that you're a contract attorney. And the reason that's difficult is because the law firms are wondering, why should we hire this person as a permanent attorney if they're more comfortable, they wanted to be a contract attorney. So that's one of the problems here. And then I don't know what Walker Corporate Law Group is, what that is exactly, but that may be a company that hired this person. I don't know. But that again, you're often better off just seeing attorney there and then leaving out a lot of this, these summary of qualifications. I don't know what happened there is often a better idea than leaving that up there because the summary of qualifications really makes it look like you're trying to summarize things for people. Now, one of the things that's interesting about this resume is this probably is a very good in-house resume. So there's things that are good about this for in-house, but anytime someone's a co-founder of a business, the problem with being a co-founder of a business is that in every case that I've ever hired someone to work for our company that is has had their own business, they always are ending up doing their own business on the side or winding it down or doing other things. And so you have to ask yourself, why would someone be willing to take a risk on hiring someone with their own business for a law firm position? And in most cases, they won't. They It's just too much of a risk and it's just too difficult. The other thing is these titles like chief operating officer and so forth, those are also positions pretty much in people that are used to giving commands as opposed to taking them. So if somebody wants to get into a law firm, it's very difficult to do that when you look like you've had leadership type positions and other things. And this resume, by the way, would be very good up until this point where the person was a white in case for a law firm position. But then as you move up the resume, things start becoming inconsistent and not consistent with that. Another thing that I often recommend as well is you can see here that this person is older. So they worked at American Express between 1983 and 1992. That interesting for the person's background, but at the same time, that makes them look much older and that makes things, will make things more difficult for them as well. As you get more senior, you also want to be careful about listing a lot of these qualifications that aren't necessarily relevant to a current position. So someone who's, I guess this would be 27 years out of law school, people aren't going to be as interested in what they did when they were the 10 years prior to going to law school. They're not also going to be interested in being a judicial extern and everything. There's a lot of stuff going on in this resume, but this is a good example for everyone. Here you can see there's a lot of stuff about not practicing law. There's summaries of experience. There's things on the resume that make it look like the person has other priorities. There's a lack of focus in the types of jobs, meaning the person's doing a lot of different things. There's an issue of being manageable, and we'll cover this in all the resumes, but I'm just showing you this as an introduction because the person has been in roles where they're managing a lot of other people, so it'd be hard to manage them. This person also looks entrepreneurial because they have their own business. This person has also worked as a contract attorney, which makes it difficult. They've also are working as a generalist, which is also difficult. 
And they've also gone in and they've shown that they're older and that makes it more difficult. And then I don't know where this person's applying, but they put their bar admissions in a weird place. You can see here under their education, it's good to have bar admissions, but it's obviously, I don't, we don't know what city this person was working at White and Case in, but it looks like they're in New York and California. So you would pr preferably just put your admissions at the bottom there is always the best idea. And then let's see here, what else is going on? Yeah, again, titles and responsibilities that make it look like they're not practicing law. So you can see that right here when the person's director of funding, this makes it look like they're doing something else and that they did something else for six years. So the idea is that the best resumes make you look very consistent in terms of what you're doing and they don't take people off the path. Most law firms that are hiring people have specific positions where they're looking for someone with a certain type of experience. And the more type of experience, the more different types of experience you have, the more risky it is for a law firm to hire you. So everything, the candidates that I see get the most interviews and do the best, and this is, I think, a very important piece of advice, are people who look very consistent in everything that they do. Your question would be, how do you, how would this person make themselves look consistent? This is a, it looks like a, a housing related work and financing. This looks at, this is doing something scientific related. I don't know what that is, what, how that, this is budgeting and invoicing. That's, these are just, there's just a lot going on here that are in all these different things. And then, and now this person's reviewing marketing materials here. So there's just too much going on. So there's always a real danger of looking like a generalist. And anytime you look like a generalist, you're hurting yourself. And this is talking about lack of focus. So you have to have a good focus. You have to have, you don't want to look like a dabbler, like you're trying a bunch of different things. Because people that try a bunch of different things continually do that. And then these are just a lot of different things here, our admissions and where that goes. But need to look consistent. This resume is not good for a law firm. It is good probably for someone that wants to work inside of a company, which I'm assuming if this person were to talk about this, they would say that's exactly what they want to do. But if you're trying to work in a law firm, you really need to focus on consistent experience and people need to be able to basically, the conclusion is people need to look at your resume and put you into a box of being able to do something. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. And one thing. So, we're going to talk probably a lot about this today, and I'm sure we will, and we'll go into a lot of detail about it. Most law firms, not all law firms, but most law firms, almost all, hire people to be specialists in one thing. Now, it could be corporate general, could be one, or it could be IP general or something. These are the kind of the outliers, but it's typically 
one thing because that's what clients are paying for. Clients want to hire, clients want attorneys, want their law firm attorneys to be experts or very proficient in something. And so the more you look like you're not an expert, the more scared the law firm is. I see people all the time that have resumes that where they may have gone to Yale Law School or Harvard or something, whatever the law school is. And the second it gets confusing on their resume in terms of what they do, the law firm stop being interested. At the same time, it's important to understand that people that have focus almost always get interviews. With focus on one thing, almost always get interviews. So an example would be, it's, it depends on the climate and what the economies, but family law or trust in estates, corporate only in law firms, insurance defense. It doesn't really matter what the practice area is. If the person has focus, then they're much more likely to be have a considered to have a good resume. And then without the focus, it becomes much more difficult because law firms get scared. And the idea is if you hire someone without that focus, they're never going to stay interested in one practice area. And if they're not interested in that one practice area, it ends up hurting the law firm. So this, re this resume, unfortunately, might get an interview or something, I don't know, but it would be a very hard resume to market the person with, even with their excellent qualifications, because the person hasn't necessarily committed to one thing. And because they haven't committed to one thing, it hurts them. There's other things too, when you stop putting your graduation years on there, which a lot of people do that are older, it makes it seem you are much older than you might be. I typically recommend putting your graduation year on there. This person, they're going to automatically be able to understand how old they are anyway, based on these dates. And the person might even be older than that. I don't know. But the having this information up there typically doesn't help. Another thing I just would add, and then I'll move on to the next resume, is a lot of these qualification summaries typically happen to people that are later in their career. And I think it's because a lot of times they get resume books and things or resume counselors that tell them things. This is a link right here. It's just, it's called gfirmpracticeareaslist.php. This particular list here is good for you to look at if you're trying to figure out how to focus your resume on something. If all you do is DWI drunk driving law, you add, you, you make sure that your resume talks about that throughout. If you do whatever the law that you do or you're spending your time doing, you should really focus on looking at jobs to talk about that and the type of qualifications they're looking for. Auto, a lot of these practice areas, just so everyone understands, is the most marketable attorneys, it's not necessarily the law school you went to. It's not the, it's not the, how well you did in law school. It really becomes your focus on a practice area. And what happens to a lot of people is, and I want everyone to understand this, a lot of times the attorneys that get on these calls are the most qualified attorneys that are thinking about what they want to do. This resume is very strong up until 2004. And then what happens is the person starts doing other things and goes in-house. And so one of the reasons in-house is difficult is it becomes typically see like a lack of focus once someone starts going in-house, like their initial job might have focus, but then other jobs after that initial job don't have that focus. And that's a little bit of what's going on here. So anytime you're thinking about leaving a law firm job and going in-house, the more you can maintain some sort of focus in your resume, the better off you're going to be. And that's very important. It's interesting too, this person was a law clerk. So they were doing, which is litigation at a very important court for the chief judge, and then went into doing essentially corporate and, and transactional related work. So there's a lot going on there in this resume. Okay, let's look at the next one.
So this particular resume talks about this detail-oriented attorney with 10 years of evidentiary hearing experience. I don't have the Grammarly turned on, but I will turn it on later today to show everyone what's going on. But you do need to be very careful with spacing, with all the sort of things, and proofreading your everything that you do with your resume. Again, these introductions like this typically are not good because the problem is that they're, they're almost like condescending to the law firm, to law firms reading them, and they and law firms should be able to come up with conclusions of this stuff on their own in terms of how they read it. Okay, so let's talk about this resume. So this person graduated in 2011. So the rule is, typically, if you have less than five years of experience, you list your law school first and legal law school and legal education. And then if you have less, if you have more, you list it last. Now, there's other kind of takes on this rule too, which I could tell you, but I will tell you. Another rule that you can do is many times if your experience is much better than your law school performance or experience, then you would then it's better to list that first. And then the other thing, I just want to make sure everyone understands this too as well. So when someone is looking at your resume, the first thing they want to know is what can this person do? Do I have a job matches this person's experience? We'll talk about that in a second. Okay, so this person went to John Marshall Law School, which is not a bad law school, but the problem is they graduated in 2011, and they're talking about excellence and pro bono, which is fine, but you have to start looking at their experience and kind of what it is. And this is an interesting resume, and so you can immediately see they're talking about things like pro bono, they're talking about the Kids Foundation, they're talking about human rights, they're talking about climate change, they're talking about they're talking about health and human services as a temporary position. They're talking about being an appeals judge, referee. Then they're talking about having their own firm. So this, and then they're talking about all of these other activities that they've done that are unrelated many times to what the person wants to do. So the only thing that this resume would not, this resume would not get the attention of a law firm the reason is the person's talking about everything but is interested in everything but working in a law firm. So that, that's part of the problem. There's nothing wrong, by the way, with being interested in public interest and things. This is one of the reasons that law schools are eliminating LSAT requirements and, and they want to attract people like that. But the problem with all of this stuff is you most of this isn't really relevant to most jobs. It's cluttering things up with everything that this person has done. So this excellence in pro bono is basically saying, and again, I'm not criticizing this, but it's saying if you, my objective for this person would be, what can I do to make them work in a law firm? And everything about this person is interested in other things other than practicing law in a law firm. And then these key skills, this is another thing that often is not necessary on there on a resume. It, for some reason, it's coming in the middle. I don't know why that is. But this is not, people will pick up your skills based on what they see in your resume and they'll assume you have those skills and you don't need to put those in. And then licenses and certification, typically you would put at the end. You wouldn't, you typically wouldn't want to put in that you're an insurance agent or a notary unless you're applying for an insurance agent job. And then you wouldn't want to be, you do not need to abbreviate your the states you're abbreviating the states here and they should be written out 
and probably on individual lines. Okay. And then, and I'll send up this, these resumes on the comments around too. Okay. Long-standing funded temporary position I represent the child development and all phase administrative civil litigation, appellate courts and licensure. Okay. So this particular, I don't know that there's any reason to say it's a temporary position. Anytime you say you're in a temporary position and it makes it sound, it's not long-standing. It's been since February of 2023. So that is not necessarily going to help you. So I would recommend just removing that. And then I don't know that represent comma under this one. Again, you want to make sure that all this kind of stuff is proofread very carefully and the spacing is fixed, but this is fine the way that is. The next thing here is this person says they're an agency legal consultant from, I guess for, they did that for almost a year. Anytime something's remote, there's no reason to put that in really, because people are more interested in people, most law firms that are actually working in an office or that sort of thing. I also don't understand why you can see here, there's these bullet points and then here there's one bullet point and here there's one, two, three bullet points. And here there's, I guess you can use the bullet points. That's fine. But if there, and this may be just an issue of how we translated everything. And then here, the person was a, a solo practitioner, which I'm actually fine with that. I would just probably write the law firm, something like that. And then here they've come up again that they're a licensed attorney. And they've already said that earlier. So I don't know why that would come up, but then here going into that as well, I don't, if the person's only done 10% of their involved in personal injury and contract matters, that's just a detracting from the main practice area. And then here's all this kind of community involvement. It's, I don't really understand the point of that, There's these dates, but I'll take those off. But this is a lot of stuff. I don't know that I would want to list all this, being a producer of a radio and all this sort of thing, on canvasser and researcher, I almost, I would recommend probably removing this. And it's not going to help this person because there's just a lot of stuff going on there. And then this previous 1392 experience, I probably would remove that as well. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. So this resume, by the way, is probably a good resume for the government, but a lot of these things, you just want to clean up things up. A big point would be you want to not list, you want to be very careful about listing things on a resume that are going to detract from your experience in a made in one practice area or group practice area. So the way it works is every resume, when you when someone looks at it, they need to be able to say, this person would make a good government attorney for working on childhood development, or this person would be a good attorney for working on unemployment or something along that line. And the problem is when you take all these different experiences, there's no consistency to them. And then when you start looking at the person being a panelist or a radio producer and things, it just detracts from everything and employers get scared. So employers feel like 
that there's nothing they can do with this person. And then they're emphasizing these skills and achievements that, frankly, that being working in the Spain and from the William & Mary Law School Summer Abroad Program one summer is not going to help this person get a job. So you need to remove, everyone needs to take a look at their resume with a fine-tooth comb. And again, we'll talk about all these today and remove things that are irrelevant from the types of positions that you're trying to get. And what I would recommend is this particular thing. It's, I'll put the URL up. It's just bcgattorneysearch.com, firms, underscore, and practice areas, underscore, list.php. You really want to focus in on something. And if you do, you're going to be able to, you, anybody that fo is focused on divorce law, get a job. Anybody that's focused on domain name law can get a job or one of these things. And these practice areas, by the way, they do, they, you can see here, they go into major practice areas under BCG. But the more focused your practice area is, the better you are. So you take a look at all of your past experiences and you try to make them look related. So if this person had talked about in their solo practitioner job, doing things related to what they did as an appeals referee, and then doing things related to that, this would be a much better resume. But the resume needs to really focus in on something. Okay, so let's take a look at this. Okay, so this person, this looks good. Now, there's a couple of things I like about this resume, and I want to draw to everyone's attention. A lot of times people will put their GPAs on their resume. So the resume GPAs, you need to be, you need to be careful about, but you put your GPA on resume when it looks really good and remove it when it does not look really good. So a lot of times people will put things like 3.1 GPA. Now, when I graduated from law school, which was a long time ago at University of Virginia, I think 80% of the class had between a 2.9 and a 3.1 because they did something called a curve. All the classes were graded on a curve. And so if you had a 3.1, you were in the top 50%. If you had a 2.9, they would say you're in the top 50%. And then if you had 3.4, I think something like that, you might be in like order of coif. But 3.4 doesn't even sound that good. So the point is, if you have, you put your GPA on your resume when it sounds good. Now, this sounds good. So this is a good GPA. It sounds good. There's nothing wrong with a 3.5. I like that. But you need to be very careful about all of this stuff. And you can see here, again, there's just some simple typo things that it's picking up. And I don't, again, I don't have Grammarly on and I'll turn it on when we take a break. But all this is, all this stuff is very good. So the, a lot of these things, when you start listing a lot of qualifications on there that may not be relevant to what you want to do, it starts creating problems. And like here, the person saying they're part of the intellectual law property society. I can tell you when I was in school, I was every year would run for student council and things like that. And I think all I did is all that ever happened in student council was you got to get up and speak at a few meetings. It wasn't really much that happened when you're on student council. This is a, this is very good. Number four, nationally ranked trial team sounds good, but I don't know again, if that's relevant. You can see, and I'll tell you why in a second. Then the person's talking about criminal law which is interesting, but then they're talking about corporate counsel, and then they're talking about these kind of volunteer activities, which are good. There's nothing wrong with these activities, but they're talking about these intellectual, these volunteer activities. So let me explain to you some of the problems with this. And again, it's not that serious, but it's going to get serious as we get into this, and I'll tell you why. So if I'm an employer looking at this, I'm thinking, is this person interested in intellectual property? Is this person interested in criminal law? Is this person interested in corporate law? 
is this person, and then I'm seeing intellectual property again. So I'm seeing these consistencies, but then, and then I'm saying, is this person interested in litigation? So the problem with listing all these different type of activities on your resume is that when you start doing that, you, it starts confusing the law firm. It makes it look like you may not know what you want to do, and you may be not committed to doing something. I hate to say this because this is a lot of stuff, and, but you may be better off re removing some of this stuff. And the reason would be just because it's detracting from a lot of the things that you're trying to do. Now, we can talk about how to integrate that later, but this person, by the way, has a pretty good job. This is a very, this is very consistent. This person from summer of 2020 to the present has a job working in a law firm in a good position as a litigator. This is very consistent. This is a good job. This is a, the way that this person has written this down is very good. So I like it and I think that it's interesting, but you can see here, all this other stuff that's happening, like the, there's this bent towards looking like their IP. There's this other thing where they're doing all these different types of things with public administration. So you have to be, and I really want to emphasize this to everyone, you have to be very careful because people are not, look, people, when they look at your resume, so when you look at your resume, and I want to make sure you understand this, when you look at your resume, you are impressed, and I am too, impressed with all of your activities and accomplishments. When someone else looks at your resume, they're asking different questions. And let me show you the questions that they're answering. This is something I talk about on every meeting that we have, but I want to tell you very clearly the questions that they're asking. And this, by the way, what I'm going to tell you right now is exceptionally important. And I hope it helps you because you have to listen to this. I want this person, by the way, I could get interviews with if they made the changes to their, to their resume. It doesn't matter that they didn't go to a top law school. It doesn't matter. There's other stuff on their resume. None of this stuff matters. But when you look at your resume, you're impressed with all your activities. When someone else looks at your resume, they're asking different questions. They're asking, can the person do the job? Can the person be managed? Does the person want the job? Will the person do the job long-term? There's other questions. Do we like the person? The person. And there's other questions. But these are the main things. So if someone looks at this resume for a litigation job, they're going to say, yes, the person definitely can do the job. They've had this job for almost three years doing the same thing. Then they're going to say, can the person be managed? Probably. They've been doing the same job for three years. They also did it as a summer associate, which is very good because that means they got an offer and got a job as a summer associate. So this is very impressive. And actually, this is probably only the person might have graduated in 2021. So they've only been doing two years. But Yes, the person could be managed. Does the person want the job? If they're applying for a litigation job, then yes, they probably do. Will the person do the job long-term? Yes, if they're applying for a litigation job, probably. And then do we like the person? So people are gonna make decisions about whether they like the person in a bunch of different ways. You just have to make up your mind if you like the person that's writing the resume. And people will reach those conclusions in different ways. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com.